Well, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security Technology, your local source for all things technology, security, uh, anything low voltage, you name it, we got you handled. Man, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not ready for summer to be over. I'm just going to tell you, I know fall is wonderful, but uh, man, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I was coming home from the ball field the other night with my, my little one, and she's like, how did it get dark so quick? And I'm like, yeah, baby fall's coming. So, you know, I guess it's the reality. It is beautiful. I love fall, but I'm not ready for summer to end. Having too much fun. Well, guess what? There's a lot of things going on for you to have fun, to enjoy the last few days of summer around your family. Tennessee Valley Fair has two more days left in its 103rd season. Today is tailgate day at the fair, so wear your UT orange and save a dollar on admission. Tonight is fan appreciation night at Smokey Stadium. The Smokies are giving away prizes to lucky fans all night long. First pitch is at 7 and stay for the final fireworks show of the season. Uh, excuse me. Of the season after Smokies take on the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Of course, the Vols are playing down in Gainesville tonight against the Florida Gators. Beat Florida! The game is on ESPN at 7, and you can listen to the Vol Network coverage on our sister station, WIVK 107.7 FM. Go to visitknoxville.com for a complete list of events happening around your house today. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, we've got a little uh, little twist for you this morning on the show. Uh, first hour here, we're going to tackle a subject that, well, quite frankly, is very difficult and may even seem a little taboo for some of you. Uh, you might get a little uncomfortable thinking about things like death, and particularly suicide. But this conversation might also save the life of someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that is near and dear to you. So lean in, hang in with us, even during the uncomfortable moments, and you could be a lifesaver when you come out on the other side. As many of you know, September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and this morning we are talking with NAMI Tennessee. NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and they are leaders in mental health and suicide prevention. Our executive director, Todd Waltz, joins us by phone from Nashville this morning. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Man, I bet you have an extra shot of uh, espresso in your coffee this morning. Thanks for joining us so early. <laughs> I, I know you're on the, well, I'll just share my joke. We call it slow time around here. Uh, but uh, thanks for getting up with us to help, uh, well, help us navigate some, some really some difficult waters that a, a lot of us deal with in life. Yes, glad to be here. So, I guess first and foremost, Todd, tell us who is NAMI and and what do you guys do? What is what is the principle behind your organization? Well, the first thing I'd want everybody to know is that NAMI is an organization that changes the lives of people who have been touched by mental illness. Uh, NAMI stands for, like you said, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And uh, we are what's called a federation. So we have NAMI National in Washington, D.C. Each state has a state-level organization. So we are NAMI Tennessee. And then we have local affiliates 
in uh, throughout Tennessee that provide some local programming that's all free uh, for people who are family members or friends of those with mental illness or mental health conditions and for those folks who have mental health conditions. Uh, and it's really to help them to navigate life, to better understand their loved ones, to better understand themselves, and really to live a life in recovery uh, with their mental health conditions. So uh, we, we touch people through support groups, education classes, uh, and, and uh, mental health presentations just to help people understand the, the whole uh, issue around mental illness and how they can help their loved ones or help themselves. And, and and let me get this. So you're you're based out of Tennessee or out of Nashville, um, but you are you also have a local presence here in Knoxville, correct? Absolutely. We uh, NAMI Tennessee is based out of Nashville, uh, and then we have currently we're, we're we'll talk about a little bit later. We're doing an affiliate expansion program, but we have an affiliate uh, NAMI Knoxville, NAMI Oak Ridge, Anderson County, uh, NAMI Merrillville, Blunt County. Uh, and and hopefully emerging soon, uh, Nami Roan County as well. So, you you're you're definitely the epitome of what we call a grassroots organization. Um, which w- one of the things is, uh, I was trying to do a little bit of research for this morning's show that I learned about you guys. And do you, and I'm just asking out of my own opinion. Do you think that helps you be more effective because you are so grass, grassroots, so involved? deep down in a low level in the community. Absolutely. And, and we are what we call a lived experience organization. So uh, everybody involved is somebody that has that lived experience as a family member with somebody with a mental health condition or lived experience with a mental health condition. And so when you're able to help people from that perspective, you've been there, you've done that, you've been in their shoes and you know how they feel, you know what they're going through, that's a lot different. And, and we are the largest lived experience uh, grassroots organization in the country when it comes to mental health, mental illness. So you, you, got, you offer a lot of different classes, I know, and uh, one of the ones that I know that is very important to you guys is, is the family-to-family class. Can you explain that a little bit for our listeners and tell us what that is and why is that so important for you guys? Yes, family-to-family is a life-changer. Uh, before I originally came to NAMI, my, I started with NAMI at a uh, volunteer affiliate in Ohio, uh, and I came to Tennessee in June uh, to lead NAMI Tennessee. But one of the first things I did when I joined NAMI was to take the family to family class because I wanted to understand what it is that NAMI did so that I could talk about it. And having family members who uh, have mental health conditions, that class literally changed my life. I mean, after I took that class, I was like, wow, I could have used this 25 years ago because I realized that the way I was responding to my family members I was exacerbating the mental health condition rather than helping them. And so the family to family class really helps you to understand exactly what it is that your family member is going through, that they did not cause it. Uh, Just like, you know, when we have uh, physical uh, health conditions, we don't cause those. Uh, And how to communicate better with your family members. So it literally changed my life, how I uh, was able to work with my family members and understand them and uh, so it, it, it's definitely a game changer, and I would recommend anybody, if you're a, clo- a family member or a close friend of somebody with a mental health condition, 
that is definitely a class that you need to take. It's going to bring a whole new, new perspective and help you to help your loved one. Yeah, and I mean, I can just tell you from my own experience dealing with, um, well, I, I mean, addiction issues, that it, it is it, knowing the right way to be able to help deal with some of these situations that we deal with in life, uh, with loved ones around us, knowing how to respond, knowing some of the do's and don'ts, right? There's some basics. And and being able to understand and know some of those, um, let's face it, the situation is difficult no matter what. And and even the response sometimes is difficult. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard of a, a saying a long time, and I think my parents used it with me, is tough love, you know, and sometimes you got to do the hard things to to be able to provide the necessary support to those around us when they're dealing with uh, w- with other things, uh, mental illnesses and, and other situations in their lives. And it sounds like to me, um, Todd, that that family to family class is one of those that really kind of touches on those those items to help you through that. Absolutely. And one thing we like to say a lot is that we need to see the person first and not the illness Mm. and recognizing that sometimes things that we're seeing are, are actually the illness and identifying those. And that's not our family member. That's not the person that we love. And so often before we're able to identify that we start to confuse the Mm. two things. And it really helped me to separate and say, you know what, that's really not my loved one. And that's the illness. And I need to recognize that. And yeah, it's the power of, of just being around people who have that same lived experience, learning deeper about the, you know, the mental health conditions they have and, and really understanding that, you know, so often people are confused, you know, especially around like uh, depression, anxiety, you just want to, if you haven't experienced it at that level, you know, you're like, come on, just get up and shake it off. And I once saw a, a cartoon, uh, a meme online that basically uh, was a, a, a caveman and said, hey, if you tell me one more time to just shake off my depression, I'm going to break your leg and tell you just to get up and walk, walk it off. And it's like, wow, that kind of puts it in perspective, right? You would never expect somebody with a broken leg to get up and walk it off, right? And uh, so how can we expect somebody who's really struggling with depression to just quote unquote shake it off? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, like you said, we're, we're, we are very reactionary. We react to the, the actual symptom and not the problem. And, and of course, and then what we do is we just compound the problem. So, uh, well, we are up to a, our first break here this morning. We're going to take a short break and then I will continue back with Todd Waltz from NAMI, Tennessee, right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and my guest this morning is Todd Waltz from NAMI, Tennessee. Um, you can, if you looking for any support to help deal with uh, any type of mental illness, um, need a support group, maybe you're dealing with some issues, maybe you need, you just need somebody to talk to. Um, NAMI is a great organization to be able to reach out and get in touch with. You can get a hold of them on their helpline at 1-800-467-3589. If you're just looking for information, you can visit them online at namitn.org. That's N-A-M-I-T-N.org. 
Um, Todd, welcome back with us here on our uh, second segment here. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here this morning. Hi, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, I, I know you had to get up a little extra early with us. Uh, <laughs> so we appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, one of the things, again, September being um, Suicide Awareness Month, um, you know, let, let's talk about how our men, how mental illness disorders affect uh, that suicide rate and, and just what can we help do? What, what are some things that we can do? I think the, the most we can do when it comes to suicide prevention is to talk about it. You know, so frequently people think that we shouldn't talk about it because simply by talking about it, we're going to cause it. And that is just simply not true. Uh, and so one of the best thing, you know, one of the best programs that, uh, that we use with NAMI is uh, called QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. And so it starts with that question. If you really, you know, are, are talking to somebody and it seems like they're uh, having some ideation of harming themselves is ask the question, are you thinking about harming yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? And so many people feel so uncomfortable asking that question, but that one question is a life changer uh, because people want to talk about it. Um, and then again, you, you can persuade them to, hey, let's get you some help. Let's get you somewhere where, with a professional that can, can help you so that we can work through this together. Um, and then the refer part is getting them to uh, a place where they can get that help. So again, I think the most important thing we can do is talk about it. Don't be afraid to ask that question. Yeah, I, I mean, like many things in life, right? You have to be willing to to have the hard conversations um, and to ask the difficult questions. So um, I, I think we can we can pull this off here, Todd. I've got we've got um, a caller on the line, Brian, who's got some questions for us regarding uh, major depressive disorder. Brian, are you with me? Well, we're working through this. Hey, Brian, are you here? Yep. Hey, buddy. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling in this morning. Uh, you you are making us all work really hard around here, and we appreciate that. You're helping us hone our skills. Uh, thanks for calling in, Brian. You've got uh, you've got a question for Todd. Yeah, actually, I do. So I understand what major depression disorder is, uh, but what do you do when your loved one refuses to uh, go to the doctor, refuses any kind of help? Mm. How, how do you deal with that? Wow. Brian, that great question. Uh, and, and Todd, I'm going to let you chime in here, but I know that that happens so often. Um, I know that it happens so often. Todd, what you got any pointers for Brian and for our listeners on to how we can help better help? Yes. And, uh, and that's a common problem, not only with major depressive disorder, but any mental health condition where your loved one doesn't see that they have this condition or this illness. And so then there's a refusal on their part 
to want to address it. And I say two things. One, just strongly continue to encourage them to seek treatment. And then probably the best thing that you can do is help yourself. And that's why our family programs are so important because you can get around uh, other family members who have experienced the exact same thing uh, through a support group or through, like we mentioned before, the family to family class and talk about, you know, what are some successes that they have had? How, how were you able to help your loved one to get the treatment that they needed? Um, and then it's really about self-care because, we as family members, I mean, we, we love our family members. We don't like the illness, but we love our family members. And so as we're living through this, we need that continued encouragement, advice, uh, that coaching that we'll get from other folks with lived experience as a family member to help us walk through that journey and to get to a point where uh, we can help our loved one get that treatment that they need. Mm. Thank you very much, Todd. That is uh very vital and i know again dealing with some situations in my own life um i I, and brian and this may help you one of the things that i did is much like todd said i was i was seeking self-help for me to deal with my loved one's addiction and uh you know when i was asked where you're going i would simply say i'm going to a meeting to learn how to to help better deal with your addiction and, and eventually that at least led that individual to start trying to look at making some changes. Uh, and it was a soft way without, you know, saying, hey, you're the problem or, or, or pushing blame or pushing buttons anywhere. So, um, Brian, thanks for calling this morning. I hope that helps you out. Uh, I definitely would recommend to you, Brian, go check out NAMI's website. It's N-A-M-I-T-N dot org. Um, thank you again so much for the call. Uh, so, Todd. You know, one of the things, obviously, um, there's there's a lot of stigma around mental illness and 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 disorders and and addictions and so many uh, so many different things that we deal with in life. What are how can we help break through some of that? And, and I think that's a lot of what Brian is dealing with as well, right? You know, making sure our loved ones know that we're trying to be helpful and we're trying to help. You got any good yeah. tips for that? Yeah, Stig- stigma is difficult, and uh, and it really is dangerous. Uh, stigma around mental illness, mental health, uh, prevents people from getting the treatment or wanting to admit that they're struggling in some way. And so it's it's a constant battle that we we have to fight on all levels. Is you know whether it's a, a just kind of like a, a snarky comment that somebody might make about mental illness to just outright discrimination, you know we have to make sure that we're standing up against the stigma because it is preventing people, on average nationally, uh, people from the onset of a mental health condition a symptom, it takes 10 years for the average person to get treatment, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's not helping anybody. Uh, so, you know, stigma is caused by many different things. And, uh, you know, one thing that we're dealing with right now is that there is often a common misunderstanding in the media when something, uh, some kind of violence happens in our community that people automatically assume that this person, it was a mental health condition that, that caused them to be violent. And that's that, that white elephant in the room that we really need to talk about is, you know, you know, is there a connection uh, from mental illness linked to violence toward others? 
and and that's a huge misunderstanding because a lot more uh, uh, a lot a lot more uh, risk factors as far as uh, if somebody's going to commit violence is their history of trauma or mm-hmm. their exposure to some kind of physical abuse, uh, neglect, child abuse. Uh, victims of bullying uh, are more likely to be violent um, and aces adverse childhood experiences so if they've experienced abuse neglect you know any kind of instability in their youth whether it's lack of food or uh instability in in parental uh you know separation or parents being in prison and so forth all contribute to these adverse childhood experiences and those are more likely to be risk factors of somebody who is going to commit violence Mm. Uh, now all those things all those risk factors also cause mental health conditions. Mm -hmm. And that's where mental health gets lumped in. So it's not a causal factor of violence, but it's actually a risk factor of all these other risk factors that have been proven to be risk factors for violence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm just going to say, I I think there's another aspect of this too, uh, as well, Todd. And that is a lot of times when we see these acts of violence or these things occur, quite frankly, we can't, for us to deal with it mentally, the easiest way for us as a society to deal with it is to, is in a, to, to put that label on it, right? To, to, there's a cause and effect for this and it's, it's just mental illness. And then, and again, it creates more of that stigma, which is just uh, obviously inaccurate. It's not correct. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can tell you and and we're, we're coming up to a break, so I'm not going to start in this story. I'll, I'll start on it when we come back, but there are so many factors that obviously when you're dealing with a mental illness or when you're dealing with these outside factors, you know, when you're dealing with that pressure, you've already got a huge hill to overcome to even start working on finding a, a solution on how to deal with those types of scenarios. And when all of the outside influences and pressures of the media and, and just society as a whole, when there's those stigmas attached to it, it just makes it that much harder. Uh, and, and I can, I definitely can attest to that, but, uh, Todd, we're going to take a short break. Um, thank you very much for bringing up that, that, elephant in the room conversation because it is one that needs to be had and we're going to continue that conversation when we come back right here on around the house with scott brokamp on news talk 98.7 woki welcome back to around the house i am scott brokamp your host for this morning and uh, well we are talking about some difficult subjects this morning um mental illness and well, that is a very wide blanket. It seems like uh, in our world today. Uh, my guest this morning, Todd Waltz from NAMI, Tennessee. Todd, thanks for being here with us this morning, and thank you for well helping us talk through some of these difficult conversations. Thank you. I'm just. Uh, it's great to be here this morning. I'm wide awake now, so uh, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, you know, as I kind of alluded to a little before the break, uh, you know, I have my own story dealing with um, some of these stigmas. Uh, Myself, I am 24 years in recovery uh, of sobriety. And, you know, congratulations. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, 
the funny thing about all that, right, Todd, is that everybody else around me knew it way before I did. Uh, and they're, uh, the, the loved ones in my life and their ability to try to help me to seek some help or look for some solutions uh, was great. But it, it came down to the point when I was ready to look for some solutions myself. Uh, but I can tell you, and even nowadays, I mean, I'm, I've dealt with my concerns that took me to being a looking for drugs and alcohol to be a solution in my life uh, and, and dealt with a lot of those issues. And as you talked about, Todd, it was it was things from my childhood, things that I encountered growing up that, well, quite frankly, I didn't I didn't have any tools to deal with. I didn't know how to deal with them. I didn't know how to talk about them. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. And I carried a lot of that for a lot of years. Um, and, and I know as I say that here this morning, I'm not alone. I know that probably just out of people listening to the show this morning, I would venture to guess that one in five listening today probably deals with the same scenarios in in similar situations that I did growing up, uh, and, and not knowing how to deal with some of the things that occurred in life. Um, and, and so Todd, that's something that you guys are so great at doing is providing those resources to helping our communities, to helping our families, to helping those to help educate, to help understand, and then to be able to help, as Todd mentioned earlier, have some self, self-help for ourselves, but also through doing that, we can usually, and it will help those around us that are suffering as well. Um, you know, I know for me, uh, it took quite a while for me to be able to confess to anybody that I was in recovery. Um, and it was because of some of those stigmas around it. And, and, but what I learned is this, I had to know how to be okay with me, to be okay with myself and to be okay with the fact that I had some problems in life, but I found some solutions so I can now be a productive member of society and to be able to help give back. And uh, so for many years, I have, as I like to say, I stole from society in many years just because of my behavior through my addictions. And uh, maybe that's why I work so hard to give back now. I don't know. But, um, you know, I just felt it was essential to share a little bit of my story because I know I'm not alone. And if you're listening out there today, there are organizations out there and people who have gone through exactly what you have gone through or are going through right now and are there to help you. Um, again, NAMI has a, a, hot, a helpline that's available for you, 1-800-467-3589. Visit NAMITN.org. That's N-A-M-I-T-N.org uh, for a plethora of resources. Um Todd, I'm sure you deal with people with my story on a regular basis. Absolutely. And that's one of the best things that folks can do is share their story. That will help end the stigma. And what we're finding is two things. A lot of times uh, when people are struggling with addictions, uh, that's that's a part of a mental health condition because they're uh, self-medicating, uh, because they don't know what is 
you know, currently going on with them, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, or what have you. And, and by sharing your story, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard from folks that said, you know, I finally opened up and I shared with my neighbor that, you know, my loved one is struggling with bipolar disorder or I'm struggling with, you know, a major depressive disorder. And that, that neighbor looked at me and says, oh, my gosh, I'm struggling with the same thing or my loved one's struggling with the same thing. And they instantly then had this connection. But people are... Uh, just remaining silent about it, which isn't helping. And so I think the more that we can share our stories, the more that we're going to find out that, that we are not alone. There are a significant number of people who are struggling uh, with mental health conditions or have loved ones, particularly uh, since the pandemic. The pandemic drastically increased, and, and we have not even begun to see the impact of all the uh, aloneness and loneliness that uh, so much of our country experienced during the pandemic um, and the mental health conditions that that, that started to uh, to spawn, and we, we we anticipate it's going to take us probably ten years before we're seeing that that significant impact. And that's one of the reasons why you know we are, we are so blessed to have such a awesome partner in the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, and and there's so many great folks uh, in that department, and starting with uh, the leader, Commissioner Murray Williams, and. And she has partnered with us to help us fund a affiliate expansion uh, project that is allowing us to expand in our major cities in Tennessee and, and some of our other counties. And so we're starting to see more and more um, volunteers, uh, programs, opportunities to help our communities because of this expansion project. And, and in the Knoxville area, I think I already named off some of them, but definitely NAMI Knoxville is right at the, the top of the the order there as far as, you know, really uh, getting in gear to offer a lot more uh, services to uh, the city of Knoxville. We have uh, NAMI Oak Ridge, Anderson County, NAMI uh, Merrillville, uh, Blunt County, all, all uh, staffed by great volunteers that have that lived experience that are really serving their communities and have that passion to just reach out and help and, and uh, help people understand the issues of mental health conditions and, and how they can help themselves or help their family members. And so I just want to make sure that I mention Commissioner Williams and the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, because without them, uh, it would be very difficult for, for us to really have uh, these programs that are available for free to everybody in Tennessee. Uh, and I say everybody because we are still offering a lot of online classes. So if you don't have services in your area, uh, we do classes via uh, virtual virtual classes via Zoom, support groups, and so forth. So you can get a list of those at NAMITN.org uh, so that they're always at the availability of you regardless of where you live. Yeah, I, I mean – yeah, I mean, I've been looking at your website the past few days here, just again, trying to prepare for our conversation this morning. And man, you have just a ton of resources available on your website. So, uh, I mean, great job with you guys on that, because that there's simply just so much information there. There is no reason that you cannot connect. Uh, I will put it to you that way. Um, Todd, I want to shift gears just a little bit. I, and how can our listeners help those that as we see um, others that are dealing with situations, what are some of the telltale signs that maybe we need to reach out and try to have some deeper conversations with our loved ones? What are some of those 
uh, behaviors that that present themselves that may be indicators that maybe there's a mental illness or, or maybe there's something going on to be able to try to start having that conversation with our loved one? Yeah, there's a number of things you can look at. Main thing is looking for changes in our loved one. So it, it, is our loved one some, somebody who is normally more social and now they're becoming uh, more antisocial? They're becoming more closed off, spending more time alone. Um, are they changing, uh, you know, things that they used to love to do and be involved in and now they're no longer involved in those things? Uh, looking at, you know, some uh, risk-taking behavior, are they seemingly uh, – doing more things that are high risk, uh, whether that's substance abuse or uh, just kind of even just, uh, you know, high risk taking activities. Um, just really looking at those, those changes in their, their personalities is really going to give us that indicator that, hey, let's, let's have this conversation. What's going on? What's going on in your life? How can I help you? What are you struggling with? Um, and again, you know, so often we're afraid to ask those questions, uh, but really that that's, most people want to talk about it. You know, they're just, again, it's that stigma of I don't want to admit that I'm struggling with this issue. I don't want to admit that, that you know, I'm a strong person, especially guys. You know, I'm a strong person. How can I be depressed? And uh, depression, you know, can attack anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not, it's not something we, we've caused. And, and a lot of times, again, that's that stigma. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I caused this on myself. And, and that's not the case. It's you know, uh, other experiences in our life, you know, depression is primarily caused by trauma. There's some kind of trauma in our life that has uh, sparked that depression to, to, uh, to take root. And, um, and so it's recognizing that it's not me, it's not something I've done, uh, but it's just something that is happening to me that I need to talk to somebody else about. You know, I, I feel there's a quote that I have heard somewhere. I don't know where it came from, but it says that our greatest strength is admitting our weakness. So I have no idea who said that. I don't even know where I heard it, but it was something that stuck with me for a long time. And, and it is, it is so true, right? When we're dealing with things, listen, if you're listening to me this morning, if there's something going on in your life, find somebody that you can just open up and pour your heart out to because that in itself is is your battle cry that is your way to it you know a lot of times i learned just by when i hear myself say some of these things out loud it gave me some clarity into the situation to be able to kind of look at it from a, a ten thousand foot overview to have a different aspect to have a different look at it and and then i found better ways to deal with these situations that arose in my life but just know you're not alone and there is help out there there is help available and i'm just going to tell you most of the time it's right under your nose it's right there there is somebody who is right there with you who loves you and cares about you who wants to be able to help you and even though they don't have the answers they'll help you find the help that you may need again if you need somebody to talk to give call the helpline 1-800-467- three five eight nine um there are tons and tons of of resources available on the nami website as well um todd unfortunately we are up against another break so we're going to take a short break we're going to be right back and we're going to talk about the affiliate uh, expansion program and we're going to touch on teens a little when we get back so stay tuned with us here on around the house on news talk 98.7 woki 
And welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, your host this morning. And if you've been listening, we have been tackling, well, quite frankly, some difficult topics. Um, one that I'm sure has been surfaced around your house. If not, I'm sure somebody you know has dealt with these conversations of mental illness, addictions, suicide, um, all of those things that tend to find their way into our lives and into our society. This morning, we are speaking with Todd Waltz. He is uh, the executive director for NAMI of Tennessee. And, well, Todd, you guys are always trying to expand into communities and help. And you do that through an affiliate expansion project. Tell us a little bit about the expansion project, where you're focused uh, at here in East Tennessee, and what we can do to help. Did we lose you? Oh, I'm back. There you are. Gotcha. Uh, hey, so um, I, I tell us a little bit about the um, affiliate expansion project and where your focuses are here in East Tennessee, and what can we do to help? So our affiliate expansion project is really, you know, COVID had a huge impact on our country, and it had a huge impact on our affiliation here in Tennessee. And so we are really trying to build out our uh, our affiliates to serve the communities uh, and to better serve the communities. And uh, we're really focused in the Knoxville area, uh, Oak Ridge, Anderson County, Merrillville, Blunt County, uh, really looking uh, at emerging uh, in Roan County. And uh, we want to provide more and more of our free programs and services to the people in the community. And there, there are ways that the general public can help. Uh, if, if you're a community, community influencer and you have uh, those connections in your community, all of our local affiliates, as well as NAMI Tennessee, are always looking for some great board members who can really help us to uh, enlarge our sphere of influence, um, as well as volunteers. Uh, and again, you know, we're a lived experience organization, so uh, to lead our family programs, somebody has to have lived experience as a family member. Uh, and to uh, lead our, our programs for folks with mental health conditions, you have to have lived experience with a mental health condition. Uh, but it's good to use that experience and, and become a trained NAMI volunteer so that you can help others in the community. And, and it is part of really uh, a road to recovery is when you use your experiences to help others. And so that's what we're expanding throughout Tennessee, and we're excited about it, and we're just really excited to be uh, having that impact in um in the, the Knoxville area as well. Well, that's awesome. And I, I can't thank you enough for the work that you and your team do. Um, it is, uh, talk about ever impacting on a, on a society and a community. Um, that is definitely what you guys are about. So thank you. Um, hey, we are, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure that we talk about teens um we probably could have done the whole entire show on teens especially since i'm a dad of a teen but uh resources for teens look teens nowadays raising teenagers uh we have learned a lot over the many many years 
and there's a lot of available tools out there. You guys have a website dedicated for teens. It's teenmh.org. Just give me a quick snippet of of teens and some of the resources that you have available for us to help our teens. Yeah, teenmh.org, so it's teen, uh, stands for Teen Mental Health, uh, was launched this year uh, by NAMI Tennessee uh, as a resource for teens. We know that it is difficult uh, for teens to get the resources that they need. So this website is something they can go to. There's also uh, some opportunities for um, teens to share their story to help others uh, as part of the website. So I uh, would highly recommend that uh, folks can refer uh, teens to this website, teenmh.org, uh, to, to just get the information they need and understand, too, that they are not alone. Um, we also uh, have a, a program that's available for schools that uh, we really would like to get reengaged here after COVID called Ending the Silence. That is a NAMI signature program. And that is an opportunity where an adult presenter and a young adult presenter come into the schools either virtually or live and do a 50-minute presentation that helps teens understand in, in uh, middle school and high school understand mental health conditions at a deeper level and understands helps them understand that they're not alone and helps them understand what to look for uh, to help their friends and themselves. And, and so if there's any schools in the Knoxville area that would be interested in having that uh, be a part of what they offer, certainly NAMI Tennessee can help facilitate that. And uh, you can reach us at our office or, you know, email us uh, at info at NAMITN.org. Uh, go to our website and fill out the contact information. But, you know, we, we want to be about helping uh, our teens to understand mental health. And like I said, we do that through the teenmh.org website, as well as the uh, Ending the Silence presentations in schools. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for all that you guys do. If you're listening this morning and you're thinking, you know what, I, I need to help. I need to help in some way, shape, form, or another. Uh the most important thing, go to NAMITN.org. That's N-A-M-I-T-N.org. There is a plethora of information available. You can click Donate Now. You can make a donation as they are a nonprofit organization. They can use all the help that you have. Uh, maybe you have a story of your own, and you know that by sharing your story that you can touch and save a life of somebody else. Go yes. to their website, volunteer, help give back. Um, I, I cannot express that enough. Todd, thank you again so much for joining us here this morning. I know that we could go on for hours, uh, but unfortunately our time has come to an end. But again, remember, NAMI, T-N, that's N-A-M-I-T-N.org. Their helpline is 1-800-467-3589. Help those in your life find a better life. Thank you very much for listening. We will be right back here on the second hour of Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning and welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp. And if you were listening to our first hour, my guest was Todd Waltz from NAMI, Tennessee. Uh, listen, if we were touching on some very difficult conversation this morning, um, if you need some help, you need some resources dealing with 
some mental illness or others who are dealing with mental illness in your life, your family, check them out. You can go to NAMITN.org. That's N-A-M-I-T-N.org. Or you can get in touch with them from their hotline at 1-800-467-3589. Before we get moving too far along, um, we we, kind of skipped over the topic of the day today. And I can't. I can't miss this one. I just can't. Um, and I'll explain in a moment. But today is International Red Panda Day. Yes, believe it or not, they have their own day. Those cute little cuddly little red pandas. Um, well, I guess when you're that cute, you, you just can't help but having your own day, right? Um, so most of these little cuddly cute little furry red pandas are born in captivity zoo knoxville is actually very well known for their red pandas our zoo has birthed over 100 cubs earning knoxville the nickname of red panda capital of the world um you know the reason i say i just could not bother to skip this one up is uh i have a um a very special employee of mine who we recently learned red panda is his uh favorite animal is icon i guess as of such and I, I don't know about you if you've ever seen the 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 disney movie red panda um you know i guess he kind of he, he kind of reminds me that he goes from a normal kid to this big old hairy you know fluffy panda bear but anyway jared hey man we love you um you know, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say other than the fact that we had a little joke at your expense about red pandas, but apparently red panda day is a huge thing because it is an international phenomenon. And who knew that our own zoo here in Knoxville is the capital of red pandas. Amazing. All right. I said, I'm not going any further in Red Pandas. No more. No further. That's it. Uh, Hey, there's a lot going on, by the way, this weekend. And before summer ends, don't forget Tennessee Valley Fair. Two more days left. Um, The 103rd season. Today is tailgate day at the fair, so wear a UT orange and save a dollar on admission. Tonight is Fan Appreciation Night Smoky Stadium. The Smokies are giving away prizes to lucky fans all night long. First pitch is at 7 and stay for the final fireworks show of the season after the Smokies take on the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Of course, the Vols are playing in Gainesville tonight against the Gators. Let's go Gator haters and let's eat some some tail tonight. The game is on ESPN or you can listen on the Vol Network coverage on our sister station at WIVK 107.7 FM. You can go to visitknoxville.com to find out what else is going on around town this weekend. Um, so my second guest this morning, well, quite frankly, I'm just going to say it this way. Uh, he has to kind of act like a counselor. He deals with some touchy situations. According to the city of Knoxville's website, KFD responds to about 100 calls every month to put out fires, and this is just within the Knoxville city limits. The number more than doubles when you add rural metro fire department, which is covering our county residents. Well, what can you do to get life 
back to normal after fire or water damage, you can call a restoration company. My guest this hour on Around the House is from Resto Pros of Knoxville, and he has a special reason for why he got into this line of work. My guest this morning is Mr. Greg Kendig. Greg, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Greg, tell us uh, tell us who Resto Pros is and, well, why is this so important to you? Yeah. No, thank you again. Um, so, th- this is personal to me. Um, and so, we are a water mitigation company. We're going to use fancy words here this morning. Um, basically means that we um, stop and um, and halt damage from water. So when um, you know your house is flooded from outside or inside, we can come in and we can minimize um, the damage and maximize the drying as quickly as we can. Hmm. That's really the game because that water, as prevalent as it is uh, on this planet, it's also the most damaging. I mean, it, yeah. it created you know the earth and the valleys. So. Um, we come in and we help homeowners. You know, one of the things I know that uh, we hear a lot about when there's fire damage. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, this is a little known fact that I learned. But after the fire is gone, the actual majority of damage is water damage is. from the fire hoses mm-hmm. putting out the fire. Um, you know, a lot of the physical damage from the fire, obviously. Um, structurally and, and construction-wise can be taken care of. But the everlasting piece of that is the water damage. Uh, and so it's so essential to be able to get that out because I'm sure, uh, as you know, and you can tell us that water creates a lot of, well, almost invisible or hard-to-detect problems. Very true. What are some of those those things that water, that resting water causes in our homes? Well, it, it, I mean, water um, can degrade any building material out there, including, you know, cement and, and cinder block. Um, but most water damage is not easily visible from the surface. Hmm. Um, you can see a little pool of water um, in your house, um, and the real damage and the real migration is beneath that small puddle. So we need to get to that, to the root cause, in order to pre- prevent that um, that harm to your home. So what are some ways that you guys have of identifying or finding what the what those root causes are? It, it's specialized equipment, honestly. Um, we have cameras and monitors um, and um, detection devices that actually allow us to find the source. So mm-hmm. If you have um, a pool of water, per se, in your living room, the cause might be in your kitchen or in your bathroom or upstairs. We've seen um, that migration go from room to room because it goes from, you know, um, the less porous to more porous. Mm -hmm. It goes from colder to warmer. So there's a lot of things that actually drag that water from place to place, and we need to find um, how and why that works. Water's kind of like sounds complicated, but it's not. Yeah, kind of like you know mice or mice or pisky insects, right? They they just find ways to navigate that you just can't fathom, right? It uh, it, and if you've ever dealt with water damage in your home, you you can understand what Greg's talking about. Uh, I know, unfortunately, was trying to help my mother who uh, lives in Illinois, and she there was kept getting finding a puddle of water under the sink and could never find where it came from and eventually we found it and it was the pipe that was in the wall behind the sink cavity but it looked like it was a drip coming from the sink and it it just wasn't so 
um, being able to identify those things obviously are key. So, Greg, we're I'm not going to dive too deep into this at the moment, but why why did you start this business? Why was it so fundamental for you to uh, and why is this so passionate for you? That's a great question. A little deep question. I'm not sure we're going to have time to get to it, but I mean, this is very personal to me. Um, I love East Tennessee. Um, I love the community, the homeowners. Um, my life is here. And I had a personal experience where I needed these services um, several years ago. Um, it wasn't um, to my expectations, to mm-hmm. be honest. And um, I wanted to give back. So wanted to provide a service here in East Tennessee um, knew what I wanted to do, but the real, um, the, the real, um, trip to get here was to find a company, um, that, um, reflects my moral compass, um, who I want to be as a business, but also as a person and therefore give that back to the community. Um, so that was, um, a process to say the least went through dozens, if not 40 or 50 companies, um, before I found someone that reflected who I want to be for this community. Awesome. Well, Greg, we are going to take a short break here, but when we come back, I'm going to let you dive into that deep story and, okay. and tell us about your personal experience uh, and, and some of the things that you learned through that so that you're able to help give back to your clients. We'll be right back here with Greg uh, from Resto Pros of Knoxville right here on Around the House with Scott Procamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am getting the opportunity to speak with Mr. Greg from Resto Pros of Knoxville. You can find them at restoprosknoxville.com. You can give them a call at 865-217-6500. Three seven again. That's RestoProsKnoxville.com. Greg, uh, welcome. Thanks for being here with me this morning. Thank you. So, as we alluded to a little bit before we went to break, you have a very unique story and scenario that actually got you into this business. Yes, sir. Would you like to elaborate? Sure. Um, if you want me to go back to that traumatic day, I, I certainly can. Um, it. You know, I was that homeowner with the damage. Um, it was late fall 2019, um, and my wife and I had a conversation, um, just a flippant conversation. Um, you know, do you think the, sh- the water pressure in our showers okay? Like, I don't think it's taking me longer to wash the shampoo out. You know, it, do you get that too? Maybe, you know, just kind of a, just a, one of those passing conversations. We have young kids, as you do. Yeah. And uh, we have those passing conversations in the hall a lot. And that's all you get, right? <laughs> yes. Quick FaceTime. Um, you know, how long has it been going on? You know, was this in our heads? You know, was I just like, didn't have that second cup of coffee that morning? Um, you know, hindsight is, is twenty twenty, And, you know, I should have known, I guess. Um, you know, after... I have no idea how many days um, I thought, you know, I, I think this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to investigate a little bit, um, you know, turned on some faucets, looked at toilets, you know, inside the house. And then, oh, yeah, I probably need to go check out the crawl space. And so went around the side of the house and, uh, man, it, instantly I could hear it was just gushing. Oh, could no. hear that spray from underneath there. Um, and I, I mean, I, in that moment, moment, I panicked. Um, 
So open up the crawl space, and there's over a foot of standing water. And it's spraying out of the tiniest little pea or pin size hole of our water main. And um, But it, it flooded the crawl space. And it's in the insulation. And, you know, I get in there, and I, what do you do mm. Like in, in that moment? Um, so, you know, I, I called um, a trusted plumber. They came and, you know, turned off the water, fixed the pipe. Um, I thought, oh, yeah, that's that's all you need to do, right? Just <laughs> plug it. Um, n- no. <laughs> so called the homeowner's insurance, which, again, is, is that's normal what you're going to do next. Yeah. Um, and they referred us to a national company. Um, there's a few out there that you probably know. Mm-hmm. Um, took a little time for them to get back to me. Um, took a little more time for someone to get to the house. And the whole time I'm thinking – I don't know if I have a problem, but it looks like a problem right. and it's, it's not draining. Um, so, you know, just wanted someone to really empathize with where I was at in that moment. Sure. You know, Cause I'm looking at really bad stuff. Right. And, and, and not knowing, not knowing no, what to do and, you and what is this doing and what's it causing and just, yeah. just answers, right. Just to someone, yeah. you know, I just want some call me back, please. Someone to even just listen to you. Yeah, I, I, I get it. it. Exactly. Um, you know, um, it, it took way too long. Um, I don't think the process was, again, up, up to my expectations as to being communicative uh, with me, just letting me know what we're doing, why we're doing it. Right. None of that. Um, and so it, the whole process was very traumatic. Like there, At no point was someone listening to me, um, letting me know what was going on, and trying to take some of that pain I was in in the moment. So I, I had a real problem with that whole process and i knew i could do better right um so fast forward to me wanting to start a business um and this is really to create a legacy um for my family um that's why we all do a lot of we do uh so my 11 year old has autism he's amazing Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure what his future is going to look like there's no way of knowing he's a great kid now he's doing all the things that normal kids do yeah I don't know if he's going to be able to go to college. Right. I don't know if he's going to be able to do a lot of the things that I did, my wife did. So I want to create something that works for him. It's a very simple process. We go in, take care of the customer, use a very scientific method to get water out, hmm. you know, in a, in a quick way. Um, he can process that. So it's something that I hope to be able to give to him one day. Um, hmm. And that's why we're here. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, so many small businesses are that way, right? Um, Many of us start a small business because of, well, sometimes out of desperation. I know that was really essentially how his security technology started. Uh, I was in a situation that I couldn't continue on with, and there really wasn't much out there on the job market. And I really felt the only thing that I could do was to go do my own thing. Um, And because much like yourself, I knew that, there was always going to be a place for an honest ethical company. If we did things the right way, we knew that no matter what, no matter what we do, our motto is very simple with our company. And that is we're going to do what's right and know that God's going to take care of us. It's just that simple. Um, and, And by, by going through many of my own experiences, much like yourself, uh, you know, that's how we started. And, and so many small businesses start that way. And, uh, you know, so hats off to you because it's not easy starting a business, uh, and and having and owning and running a business. Many people think, ah, 
hey, you own a business. You, you know, sit around, eat bonbons all day and run money bags to the bank. You know, uh, the, the, the funny part is, is being an owner of a business, I do everybody's job. And, and in the janitor and then, you know, in the repairman and the everything else, the counselor. So as we spoke with our first hour, as we were speaking with NAMI, um, really, honestly, at the end of the day, Greg, you, you turn into a counselor a lot of times because the clients that you're dealing with are in life changing, very stressful situations. Uh, and many a times they're devastating. Um, so tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about, again, because of your own experience, how do you, how do you kind of view those conversations? How do you work through the relationship side of what you do with your clients? It's a a great question. And, um, that's critical to, to what we do and the whole process, um, in working for the homeowner, um, you know, this isn't really the most glamorous of, of industries, to be honest. Um, we deal with number two water a lot. Um, it, it's just part of it. Um, and so was in a home last week, um, homeowner called and, um, full sewer line break, Ooh. uh, backed up into the house crawl space. And, um, I'm not sure he wasn't crying on that call when I got there was, um, and, but we assured him that we're going to do what we say mm. we're going to do. I mean, that's, that's all you can do in this life, right? Um, is live up to your word. And so we got to work immediately. Um, and by that first day, I wouldn't say he was calm back the next morning, more so, um, more work, more drying, um, demo to get the stuff out of there. We needed to, um, by day three, uh, I showed up and, uh, this homeowner gave me a hug. And, um, he's six foot three and I didn't know it was coming. And he said, uh, Greg, um, this is happening as he's bear hugging me. And, uh, it was powerful, right? Mm. That man went from, you know, devastation in his house and his home. Um, this was a house that his two daughters were living in, um, go to UT. And, uh, so it was very important for him to protect his family Mm. and, um, we were able to do that and it was so powerful. And I told my wife and, and you know, this is why I do what I do is for those moments to get from devastation to clarity, to calmness as quick as we can. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately those, the situations that you meet your clients are always on the backside of despair. True. Um, and, and that's difficult, you know? Uh, it, so I don't want to, I don't want to dive too deep yet because we're getting ready to coming up on a break, but I do want to know. So when you come into the scenario, typically at least the, the triage portion of whatever the cause was is, is, is over, right? The, Sometimes the water, the water mitigation or the water's turned off at least and and you're trying to find and solve the problem of how to clean it up and put it back together. Sometimes. So um, we work a lot with plumbers, obviously. That's kind of the, the first responders in, in this um, industry. Um, and there are times when the, the plumber can't, they're not allowed to demo the home. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the pipe is exposed, they can get to it, turn it off, sure. They can turn off the water. Right. But as far as finding the actual source of that leak, it can be behind a shower. 
It can be behind a wall up, upstairs in the attic. We're in a home right now where um, the, the hot water heater is in the attic, um, mm-hmm. and it came down through the house. But it, to find, uh, to be able to get to the access to that source uh, sometimes takes demo, and that's what we, we come in. So they will bring us in sometimes um, mm-hmm. in the process to allow them access to get to the source. Gotcha. So you guys are, are actually a lot of times on the, the finding mission yourselves. Yes, sir. We, we are. Is that where, and, and I'm assuming you have some specialized equipment to try to help pinpoint some of those things. It, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm a tech guy, so the, we have cameras and, and, um, and, and monitor all the stuff that you need to find it. And it's thermo and all this stuff. I mean, I can get into it pretty geeky but um it, it's pretty cool how you can uh you can use technology these days i mean your phone even for apps can do a lot of the stuff mm. now um so technology is pretty cool helps my day greatly yeah i'm, I'm i kind of like tech a little bit it's a little bit about maybe just a slight tad um well we are going to take a short break hey if you've got questions for greg Don't hesitate. Give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. You can call the 1-800-951-8255 if you're looking for a toll-free number. Again, call or text 865-656-8255. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back. To Around the House, I am Scott Brokamp, your host, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology. And, well, before we left for a break, <clears throat> Greg from Resto Pros was alluding to the fact that technology is a big part of how they help you. And, well, Greg, I, I just can't help but have that conversation being a you know tech world myself. Tell us about some of this equipment that you have and tell us how that how it works and how it helps you to better identify. I'm assuming, of course, you know what happens when you assume, but I am assuming that this helps you mitigate your damages in finding the necessary pinpoints to the problem. It, it, it does. Um, try not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but so water um, evaporates at higher temperatures, right? So... Um, the, the warmer um, a surface is, the more evaporation is going to occur. So we can use, we do use thermal imaging cameras um, to see um, kind of where water is evaporating and then also where it is hiding. Mm. So if you look at a wall or ceiling, it will show orange red, mm-hmm. you know, and but then you can also see um all of the the penetration, the migration of that water through that surface, through the thermal imaging. In addition, we have um, pretty cool, in my opinion, and I'm I'm a water geek, so here we go, Um, moisture meters that um, can penetrate surfaces. So we have some that you can just put on a a wet piece of drywall, for example, and we'll tell you where that is, and you can kind of follow it around um, the migration. But we have also ones that penetrate. For example, if you needed to go... Um, further into a wall if it's not, you know, soaked um, at the surface, um, but maybe the drywall behind that is Mm. coming from the shower, whatever source above it, um, we have penetrating meters that can actually get to that uh, moisture level too and some other things that are really cool in my world. (laughs) 
listen, you got to have cool tech. I don't care what you do. You got to have cool tech. Agree. So what are some signs? What are some things that we should be able to look for if we think we potentially have a problem? Um, Or what are some signs of things to allude to us that we may have a problem? Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is probably, you know, just sensible, the vi- visible effects, you know, water stains, um, wavy bubbled up paint, um, flooring, or even popped up pile, or, excuse me, tile, um, you know, can be found. To, but there's also, um, you know, I was telling the stories, we're, we're in a home now um, where um, complete leak in the second floor shower, gone through the, the main living area. Um, and it's really just diligence. So I shared with you, Scott, that um, the husband, we got to the home and the husband and wife were kind of, they have three young kids. So maybe that's a little stress in their life, but uh, they were kind of joking with, with each other that because the wife called us and the husband, I guess, didn't want to do so. And when we actually got there and showed him how big this, this job is, uh, the, the water damage is, um, the wife was kind of poking fun because the, the husband, um, saw some water in their master bed right behind uh, the master shower and assumed that one of his children had spilled a sippy cup or whatever that that was and the wife said no i think that's been there more than you know just this one time right. probably need to call someone to have get a look at it and they were kind of you know gone at it a little bit um <laughs> but in in that case i mean that's the 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 source um could not be so we the plumber came out turned off the water but that's one of these cases where we actually had to tear out the shower and the wall to get to the water main behind the shower to know where it was leaking. So the plumber couldn't actually do their job to fix it um, until we demoed to get to that source. But again, that's all technology. So we used our meters to get, you know, exactly uh, pinpoint where that was to know where to tear out. Right. Well, and that's, you know, again, obviously, regardless of what kind of damage you're dealing with, you know, if you're already dealing with a problem or dealing with some damage, the last thing you want to hear is that I got to go tear out this wall or I've got to tear this drywall off, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing that yourself and companies like you have tools to be able to identify in a more narrowed area to at least now you're going to mitigate some of that damage as well, right? It's, I mean, instead of having to tear out a whole wall, maybe you can just cut a hole in a wall. You can. And I mean, we, we, we call it dry in place. So like preferably for the homeowner and for us, for insurance companies, if we can dry in place, meaning if we can just put equipment in, pull that moisture out of the wall um, without any demo, I mean, that's, that's best case. Um, And that, that's a lot of cases where we can go in if it's, um, I mean, we were in a home, <clears throat> last week where we were on site um, within, cause this was a little bit strange. So like there was a, a full break in a water heater on the second level and it streamed, it pulled water wow. through the entire house. So the homeowner yeah. was home, right? They weren't on vacation. So they, within an hour turned off the water. Mm. We were there within two. We were able to just put equipment in all the rooms, even though, and we extracted. So we had to get the standing water out of all the spaces, but we were able to actually save that home and not have to do any demo because we responded so quickly. So we were on site um, and extracted and started the drying process within two hours of that incident. Um, and then we were able to actually save that home. So that there was wow. no demo, no repaint, no stains, anything, because we responded so quickly. Wow. Now that that's amazing. That's, that's a win. Yeah, that is definitely a win. Um, 
and you know, hey, every once in a while it happens just right, you know, and and, and we're able to do that. So, it, I mean, I get it, right? I got kids, and I'll find puddles here and there, and and my kids are getting to the age that, well, let's just say we like to have fun at my house, so there may be practical jokes that go on as well. And, and so you've got to weed through some of these, but it, if I'm, if I notice if there's a puddle somewhere, right. And even if I think it's just my kid, what are some investigative measures that I can take as a homeowner at that point to check around that surface or check around that area to maybe indicate to me, do I have a problem or not? Yeah. Again, discoloration. Um, you can, you can just, push on the wall and see if there's integrity, you know, less integrity. See in if it's kind of squishy. If it's squishy or, or bubbly or, you know, you can do that. It, it You know, I, I am guilty of this, I will say. Um, not so much now, being in and seeing what I, I see every day. Um, but I was less diligent um, in before this business um, as a homeowner, as a parent, all of it. So now I go around and I'm constantly looking at water fixtures <laughs> and I'm listening and I'm looking for smell it, it does it smell off today like is there an odor in this room why um but i'm not sure i would did that as well as as i do today back then so it's really just being aware um of changes um of standing water odors um integrity of that surface etc yeah well in you know east tennessee has kind of some of its own problems um it mold is very easy to to grow and live here so yes, I, I'm sure that <clears throat> mitigation of mold um, is is a big part of what you do as well. It is. It is. Um, so we call it microbial growth. Um, insurance companies prefer that term versus the other. Um, and, yes, yeah, so water um, within three to five days in um, the, the best temperatures will start microbial growth. Um, and from there, you know, there's mold. I'll go ahead and say it. Um, and from there, w once you get mold and those spores in your home, that's where it can be a significant health damage um, mm -hmm. to you and your pets. Um, so, yeah, that, that's we don't want to get there. So the more quickly you can identify um, and get us involved um, in. So we're going to mitigate the damage, but then we're also going to prevent. And what we that's called secondary damage. So so the, the water is there. It's starting to degrade uh, the building material. And then secondary damage, if not mitigated, is that microbial growth. And that's where the health concerns and a lot of longer term effects um, can set in. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So when when you we talk about mold and I mean, obviously there's different levels and in, in different types of microbial growth. There you go. Um, so what are some indicators that it's, it's a problem that it's something that needs to be remedied and taken care of by that point. It, it's very visible. Um, so white mold, um, is one concern. Um, you start getting into, to, uh, darker color mold. Um, that's significantly different um, from there. So we can treat um, all of it, um, but if it's different health concerns for my team. So if it's white mold, we can go in, um, treat on a surface level. Um, if it gets into the black mold, and the, ha the difference there is um, it can be the, the, the surface, um, the material itself, the temperature, but also the contaminants. So if, um, if it's 
we call category one. That's tap water, right? So if your if your sink spills on your floor, category one. Category three is sewage. So mm -hmm. anything beyond um, that trap line, mm -hmm. um, and from there the contaminants are exponentially different and worse for you as a homeowner. So sure. it really that that mold um, coloration. So white again, very very treatable. You get to the darker black ones. Um, that's where my guys are wearing hazmat suits hmm. to get in there um, because it, it's very very harmful. So if let's just say you. It's gotten to the point. It's black. It's you know. It's it's bad. It's nasty. What are you able to treat some of those surfaces, or has yep. it just simply got to be replaced? Um, it, well, it depends on the degra degradation of the actual material. But if it's on the surface, yeah, it can be treated. So it's removed. Um, we use foggers, and um, it actually treats the surface, um, and it absorbs the um, the chemicals that actually prevent further spore growth. Mm -hmm. um, so it just kills it off. Um, so you remove it, but then you actually kill um, that mold from reproducing more of itself. Reproducing, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I'm just going to ask because I'm a curious kind of guy. Because I'm thinking, like, if there's mold somewhere in the home, right, and you come in and you can you can clean it off the surface, it's not bad enough. You got to replace everything. You can kill it. But what about where has it gone? before you got there you know uh i mean my air ducts and stuff like that absolutely uh, is there I, i'm assuming there's things you can test to see how far okay. and how deep you need to go yeah and it needs to be tested um throughout all of that that's a great question um your your um all of your your duct work um and where that's blowing to um in the house um a lot of times though it's it's not going to get into the duct work okay. it's going to be in the surface so for right. example if it's in your crawl space and there's black mold um the air ducts themselves are pretty closed right so there's not a huge um amount of risk there mm -hmm. but it does need to be tested because if you're blowing that black mold um into your home and your your uh, living area that that's a problem yeah absolutely a problem well we are going to take a short break hey if you've got questions um that you would have for greg uh maybe you need some ex professional advice from the resto pros of knoxville give us a call shoot us a text 865-656-8255 again i'm visiting with greg from resto pros of knoxville you can reach him at restoprosknoxville.com or by phone at 865-217-6537 we'll be right back here on around the house with news talk 97 woki Welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp. My guest here this morning is Greg Kindig from Resto Pros of Knoxville. You can find them online at restoprosknoxville.com or you can reach them by phone at 865-217-6537. You know, obviously, if you need that number and you need that website, then there's been some unfortunate situations occur in your life or in on your property uh, but rest assured people like greg exist and uh as as we were speaking earlier uh about being able to be helpful from the first hour one of the things that uh, greg and i kind of talked about before we started our hour is well simply uh I guess I'm just going to say being human, right? But but being a, a good, 
kind person. But as Greg mentioned, um, when when these situations occur with with his clients in particular, it's a very stressful situation. They're going through trauma, um, and with that, you need somebody who is able to be empathetic to the fact that your situation is traumatic, that your situation requires, um, well, kid gloves, if you say, or uh, whatever analogy you want to use on that, but somebody who's going to be able to come alongside you and walk with you through this process um, versus what Greg experienced when he needed these services with water damage in his home. Um, You know, that's, as Greg mentioned, that's one of the main driving factors for him starting Resto Pros here in Knoxville is because of that. So, Greg, let's just what what should a potential customer expect from you and your team? It's a, a great question. Um, I wanted to go back to um, maybe the the first segment, um, kind of how I got here and the process of finding um, a company that represents my values. Um, one of the the big differentiators um, in that process was the other restoration companies, um, pretty much all of them, uh, they work for the insurance companies. So the process is you call your homeowner's insurance and they refer you to one of the national guys um, because those guys uh, give a discount to that insurance company for that referral. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the homeowner then... um, the, the company is no is, is working with the homeowner, but not for the homeowner. That's very important to me. We do not, we, we work with every insurance company. We're preferred, um, we're, we're approved. Um, and you as a homeowner can work with any company mm, like mine right. out there. You, it's your home. You can designate anyone you want. And we, therefore, in not working for the, the insurance company, we are your advocate. So we work with you, for you, in every step of that process. So we work with the adjuster to get payment for that claim for you. We let you know every part um, during that process um, what we're doing and why we're doing so that you can be part of that process. Um, There is decisions along the way. There's things we need to do, but there's other things Mm -hmm. that um, as a homeowner, you know, it's your home um, it's your asset. You, you can make decisions for that, but we work for you. Um, I'm going to say um, that um, most um, water does not come from outside of the home. There are storms, there are floods, um, and that happens. We, we respond to that, but the great majority of what we do comes from inside the home. Um, so it's, for, it's your ice maker feed. It's your, your toilet backed up. Um, it's a hot water heater leak um, that you see. And again, you're, you're going to be looking for um, visible, is there pooling water, discoloration? Does it smell a little off today? Things like that. Um, and just give us a call and we take over from there. Um, we'll come in, um, we'll get to the, the cause of it. Um, again, communicate all along the way and then make sure that the insurance company is doing right by you at every part of that process. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, that's an important piece, right? Being being that advocate for the homeowner and for the client. Um, I, I know, I mean, even for myself, uh, with my own insurance for my business and for m- me personally, I make sure that I have a local agent. I've got a local person that I can call and 
and the conversation. In fact, I just talked to mine yesterday. Um, but it, we, I've got renewal coming up, and one of the things that we talked about, and and it, he knows, and the reason I have that local touch is because his job is to advocate for me. They have uh, multiple lines that they can insure with, and so therefore, the job is to advocate for me. And and I know a lot of times it doesn't happen that way, and, and it's it's essential to be able to have somebody like yourself who is going to come in in this situation to help navigate those waters. Um, you, you know, many times, much like even in my business, things occur that you need somebody who is a professional in that field to help navigate through that situation and through that process and being able to communicate what to expect, uh, maybe what the repair or the mediation or what the process is going to look like to be able to set some benchmarks so that everybody has a clear cut understanding of where we're at, where we're going and how we're going to get there. Uh, and that is essential. So, um, I, I, I definitely, I thank you for that, Greg. That's, that is, you know, that's key. So let's talk a little bit about, um, some of the things that you guys as a company here locally focus on is your commitment to our community. What, what are some things that you feel like enable you to do that? Well, I mean, just being part of this, this community. Um, so we've been here 17 years, um, not born and raised, but feels like we are. Right. Um, I never want to live any place else. This is home to me. Um, and that comes from the feeling I get um, when the person at Kroger opens the door for me or, or whatever that looks like. Um, just the, the, the sense of community that everyone shares. Um, and I, I tell a story, so I, I travel a little bit. And um, <clears throat> when I go to a big, so I, I came from a big city, Baltimore, years ago. And uh, <laughs> never will go back. But anyway, so, um, but still travel to big cities um, personally. And um, when I hear a car horn now, this is si- silly, I know. When I hear a car horn, it startles me. It didn't when I first moved here, being in Baltimore. But people don't even honk their horns in East Tennessee, and I love it. Little things like that, the s- silly stories I can tell, makes this home to me, and we really want to give back. Home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Yes, sir. Go yes, balls. sir. Sorry, now, now you got me going in a whole nother direction, right? It is uh it's football time. Game day. It is game day. And uh game day for a lot of things. I got game day today, softball. Uh one of my favorite things to do. So hey, don't forget. It is game day, 7 p.m. ESPN, listed on our sister station, WIVK. Hey, if you've missed part of today's show and you want to listen again, there's a link on my website. Just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ATH radio tab to find recordings or just look up Around the House with Scott Brokamp where you listen to your favorite podcast. I want to thank my guest, Todd Waltz, the executive director of NAMI, and Greg Kendig with Restro Pros of Knoxville. Thank you for listening in. Have a topic, have a guest, want us to talk about on the show, send us your email or suggestions to thehouse at hissecurity.com. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest Cornish services by B Media Savvy. Have a great Saturday, and I hope that you enjoy some quality time around the house today. Go Vols!